0: In 1981, a journalist returned to his hometown, Sucre, Colombia, to investigate the long-forgotten 27-year-old murder of his close friend Santiago Nassar and the townspeople who literally stood by and watched it all happen.
1: It was an unusual Monday morning on February 8, 1954 in Sucre, Colombia, when Santiago Nassar was awakened at 5.30 a.m. to see the bishop disembark his boat and bless the town. Santiago was dressed in white linen. Hungover from the San Ramon Ramon wedding rivals the night before, the 21-year-old headed to the docks and watched disappointedly as the bishop passed the town with a cursory blessing at 6.10 a.m.
2: By 7 a.m., Santiago would be carved up like a pig by the Vicario brothers. Drunk and desperate to reclaim their family honor, the twin brothers slaughtered Santiago Nassar based on the questionable accusation of their younger sister, Angela. What follows is the eyewitness accounts given 27 years later.
3: This podcast attempts to piece together the events of that fateful Monday when Santiago Nassar became a victim of the Vicario twins and maybe of the entire town. This is Super Town.
0: Welcome to Sucre Town, Season 1, Episode 9. My name is Bella Lutz. I'm Ryan Latirian. I'm Leah Von
3: Ardetta. And I'm Natalie Sousa. And today we'll be discussing Christopher Doyas' role during the hours leading up to Santiago's death 27 years ago.
0: At the time of his death, Christo was a medical student and aspiring surgeon. Most importantly, he had a very close relationship with Santiago and his family.
1: As his best friend, he, quote, knew Santiago's house as well as his own, and spent more time there than his own house. Cristo was the closest thing Santiago had to a brother.
2: Cristo was also good friends with the narrator and his family, just as Santiago was. At the time of his death, Santiago, Cristo, the narrator, the Vicario brothers, and other family and friends socialized at the wedding.
3: The night before the fateful day, during the doomed wedding of Bayardo San Roman and Angel Vicario, Cristo discussed the cost of such an extravagant event with Santiago, arguing over the exact number. Bayardo overheard this and joined in with an estimate that the cost of the wedding was double Santiago's approximation.
0: In the end, it was Bayardo who guessed the correct number down to the last penny. As the party raged on, Cristo, Santiago, the narrator, and the Vicario twins spent the night together drinking heavily.
1: Cristo spent the entire night with Santiago through the wedding revels and beyond. After most of the party had died down, the group went to Maria Alejandrina Cervantes' place to spend time with the women there.
2: Later into the night, by Santiago's suggestion, the group trudged up the hill drunkenly to sing for the newly wedded couple. Little did they know, the disaster had already occurred and nobody was inside the house, so Santiago's fate was decided.
3: Despite the invitation from the narrator's brother to get breakfast, Cristo and Santiago went off together for a while before parting ways to get some rest. They stayed up until four in the morning, at which which point Santiago returned home to get an hour of sleep as he wished to meet the arriving bishop in the morning.
0: After Santiago had risen from sleep for the last time, he headed to the docks only to be disappointed by the coming of the bishop and then ran into Cristo. Here he accepted an invitation from the narrator's sister, Margaret, to eat at their house. Before Santiago left to get a change of clothes to wear to breakfast at the narrator's home, Cristo and Santiago walked along the docks together.
1: Little did Cristo know this would be the last goodbye to his dear friend. Cristo recalls his last words of Santiago being, quote, see you Saturday, which of course he never did.
2: By this point in the day, nearly the entire town had become aware of the plot against Santiago. Despite being his closest friend and probably the only person who had a chance at stopping it, Christo was nearly the last to be told about his friend's fate. Out of a strange stroke of bad luck, it seemed, quote, he spent two hours at his grandparents' house instead of going to rest at his parents, who had been waiting for him to warn him. Years later, not even Christo could discern why he decided to
3: spend so much of the morning there. After parting ways with Santiago, a family friend of the stars, Emil Chayam, finally filled Cristo in on what the Vicario twins are planning. He had been unsure whether to warn Santiago and decided to first consult Cristo. Cristo quickly became frantic.
0: Cristo searched the dock and asked everyone there if they had seen Santiago or saw which way he went. It seemed impossible to him that Santiago could have gotten all the way to his home in such a short amount of time.
1: Even so, Cristo rushed down to Santiago's house, where he found the cook, Victoria Guzman. Despite warning her, saying, quote, It's serious. They're looking for him to kill him. Guzman brushed it off, lamenting about the twins' good-naturedness.
2: Victoria would become one among many in the town who became partly responsible for Santiago's death. Only Cristo remained adamant to warn his friends, so he went upstairs, expecting to find Santiago asleep in his room.
3: Cristo received no luck upstairs, finding only Santiago's mother. Knowing that Santiago kept a gun in his bed, he equipped himself with it, thinking that he might at least use it against the Vicario brothers in a last-ditch effort. Little did he know, the weapon would have been completely ineffective, as it contained no bullets.
0: Finding he had neither the courage nor the time to warn Santiago's mother about her son's death, he instead left her dazed and confused. He passed the twins on the way out, who actively warned him what they were waiting for. Twenty-seven years after the fact, Christo recalled for us, quote, If I had known how to shoot a revolver, Santiago Nasar would be alive today.
1: Suddenly remembering the invitation to eat the narrator's home, Cristo had thought that Santiago went straight to breakfast without going home to change first. Christo sped out of the home with the same force he had come in with towards the narrator's home. Quote, This was his only and most fatal mistake.
2: For Cristo, Santiago had actually gone to visit his fiance, Flora Miguel, before going home to change for breakfast. It was here that Santiago was finally warned of his fate and then wandered back toward his perpetrators.
3: Cristo sped in the opposite direction of Santiago towards the narrator's home. He was delayed by four minutes when he paused to help a dying old man, Prospero Arango's father. In these wasted minutes, Santiago reached his fate at the hands of the Vicario brothers, still drunk from the night before.
0: He resumed his search but was quickly informed from Santiago's god- godmother, Luisa Santiago, the news of the slaughter of Nassar at the hands of the twins. Despite his best efforts to warn him, Santiago Nassar was killed.
1: Today, we discovered that the actions of Santiago's best friend, Cristo Badoya, indicate he was the only resident of Sucre Town to take the accusations of the Vicario brothers seriously. Despite being possibly the closest person to Santiago, he was practically the last to discover the plot.
2: His subsequent search for his best friend proved fruitless. Warning everyone he came across, he soon discovered that the whole town seemed to know about his friends impending doom, and had no intention of warning
3: him. Thus, the entire town holds collective responsibility for Santiago's death, and Cristo was the only soul who attempted to warn his friend. But in the end, while he continued to search one end of town, Santiago was being butchered like an animal.